Hey, Trademark, how's it going? I miss you guys. Uh, again, it is awesome that we can gather like this through our devices on a screen, but there's a part of me that just feels that this whole preaching to a video camera thing is wrong. And, and, and I look forward to the day when we can gather together in person where I can see your faces, where, where, where I can just, I can feel your presence. And I, I know that you're in the room with us. Uh, love that you're tuning in online. Love that you're watching these videos. But, but one of my prayers for you and, and for myself and, and really our, our whole church in this season is that we wouldn't become comfortable with this form of online interaction, even though there's something enjoyable, certainly, to being able to watch the sermon in your pajamas, in your bed, to, to be able to go to church in, in a sweatpants and a snapback instead of uh, my more formal church attire. There's something enjoyable about that, but that is not how the church is meant to be. This is not how we're meant to function. And we look forward to the day when we can again gather in person together with one another. So thank you for tuning in, but we look forward to the time when we can again be together. I love you guys. I'm excited for tonight's message. Let's dive in. spent the last two and a half years going through the Bible in our mega series, just uncovering the story of Scripture all the way from Genesis to Revelation. And, and we are now in the book of Acts tonight. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. If you need to take a second to grab your Bible, grab a pen, a notepad, something to help you interact and engage in the message, you can pause this video now and do that. No, don't worry, no one's going to know. It, it, it'll, be, it'll stay between us. I won't tell anyone if you don't tell anyone. Anyone, but, but make sure you're ready to receive the Word of God and to engage with the text tonight. Our, our text is Acts chapter 1, verse 6, all the way through chapter 2, verse 47. You'll notice as you're turning there, that's kind of a lot of verses. It is a long passage, and this is just a problem we're going to run into as we read the book of Acts, as we study this together over the next few weeks, it, it is what we're going to find is that Acts is a narrative. That means that it is a long story, and if you want to understand what the author Luke is doing, you're going to need to read large chunks of scripture. You're going to need to read long passages to get the picture of things. The, 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 as we read these narrative books, books like Acts, books like the Gospels, books like books of history in the Old Testament, whenever we come to a narrative, it's important that we read it for what it is and read it for what it's worth. And so we don't spend a lot of time on small details and intricacies, although the details are there and the details certainly matter. We, we, we don't delve in too deeply to individual verses as as much as we do looking at the whole story and trying to see what is the author trying to communicate as we look at this whole story. And so the issue we're going to run into tonight and throughout this series is that today's story that we're going to study really is all the way from Acts chapter 1 through Acts chapter 7 is a cohesive story that you really need to read all together in context to understand it. So we are not going to have time to do all that tonight. So what we're going to do throughout this series is something that we haven't done before in our 
last few years of studying the Bible together is that we are going to take our Wednesday nights and we are going to devote these to a big picture kind of survey of the book of Acts. We're going to look at this story and we're just going to highlight a few key details. We're going to look at kind of a big theme that's going on. And then on Friday in Zoom, uh, thank you those of you who have been jumping in on Zoom. It has been fun to interact with you screen to screen. Uh, it is open to as many who want to join in. So if, if you are missing some of this face-to-face interaction that I am, you can join us on Zoom. All the information of that is on our Instagram at MCA Trademark. Uh, we'll also send out a remind text this week with details. But on Friday at 1 p.m. on Zoom, we're going to dive a little more deeply into this text and we're going to tear apart and pick apart some stuff. We're going to go more into detail. We're going to look at some individual verses. We're going to get a feel for what God is doing. And, and that's just what our gathering and what our series is going to look like for this series, Unstoppable, as we trace the unstoppable move of the power of Jesus throughout the whole of Scripture. So let's dive in and let's read Acts chapter 1, verse 6 through 8. And and we'll just start with, with those two verses. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in, Ju- in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. We'll stop here for now. Again, we'll dive into this more in depth on Friday. But what I want you to notice is that the book of Acts, we see Jesus moving in power with purpose. We see Jesus moving in power with purpose. If you look at your Bible and and you see the the book of Acts title, it'll probably say the Acts of the Apostles. I I think the book is poorly named that Acts is not so much the Acts of the Apostles of Jesus as it is, is the Acts of Jesus himself, the risen Lord who has died for our sins, who has risen from the grave. He ascends to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God. And now he is administering over the church, working through these disciples, working through chosen people, working through individuals to bring about his rule and reign into every facet of life. Why this matters is that the apostles are dead. Jesus isn't. And so just because Peter and Paul died 2,000 years ago, that doesn't mean that the events in this book, we can't see them today. Because the same Jesus who empowered the events of the book of Acts is the same Jesus ruling and reigning on the throne of heaven today who is guiding our lives. And so we we, we see Jesus moving in power with purpose. And today, we, as part of MCA the church, see Jesus moving in power with purpose today in our world. Acts chapter 1, verse 6, we, we, we see that Jesus says, you will receive power from on high. You will receive power from on high. Jesus wants to give his followers power. So, so what kind of power for whom, from whom? I'm glad you asked because that's where I'm going in my outline. The, 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 this isn't so much a political power or a spiritual empowerment as, as much as it is a personal empowerment. That God is going to fill his people. Jesus says, I'm going to give you the power to do all that I ask or command. This is power from God for his people. And, and what is so important about this passage is that the disciples could not fulfill 
this commission, this call to go to the ends of the earth, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, that's like saying, go to Moreno Valley, Riverside, Hemet, uh, Corona, all the way at Southern California, the United States of America, the world. This is the picture that Jesus is giving. Start in your area and then just let that expand outward into your region, your community, your world. God wants to transform the entire world through his gospel. And he's going to do that through us, through his people. And Jesus says, you need power to do this. If you look back at the book of Luke, chapter 24, verse 49, this is the same author, Luke, who wrote the gospel of Luke and also the book of Acts. And here's how he ends the gospel of Luke. Behold, this is Jesus speaking, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, this is the Spirit, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Jesus says, I have a mission for you to fulfill, but but stay here until you receive the power to fulfill it. I think this is so key for, for you and I today that we have a mission that God has given us, but we will not fulfill the mission of God unless we receive the power of God. You and I cannot fulfill God's call on our lives on our own. You were not meant to accomplish God's purpose for your life without the power of God. And so some of you are trying really hard to to do something that you cannot do on your own. You, you, you're trying to work up courage. You, you, you're trying to create some boldness in yourself. You're trying to cultivate some personality or brand. You're, you're attempting to, to live out this gospel, to, to do the right things, to obey what Jesus has taught. But you're doing it without the power of the Spirit. You're doing it under your own strength. And every time that the people of God try to act without the power of God, they fail again and again and again. You and I need power from on high. Stay in the city till you're clothed with power to be my witnesses. When God gives you power, he gives it with a specific purpose. The power of God is meant for God's people to become God's witnesses. God gives you power in order that you might do something with it. The power of God is not just to make you more self-confident or less insecure. It's not just to make you more bold in front of other people or, or to enable you to do incredible miracles, although those things will happen. The purpose of that power is that you can be a witness for God in your world, to become a witness. The idea of a witness is someone who has seen an event and, and then goes and, and talks about it and, and shares the, the incredible joy that that event brought them. I, I remember in 2000. 2014, I was sitting on my parents' couch in their living room watching the NFC championship game between the Seattle Seahawks and the Green Bay Packers. And, and that is, in my football memory, my favorite game to recall and play in my head. It was just free on the NFL app a couple weekends ago. And, and so I was just reveling in it and enjoying it. I was a witness to that game. I remember where I was when it happened. I remember all the events. I remember the incredible Doug Baldwin catch and run. I remember the Jermaine Curse walk-off touchdown. I remember the details. And, and I, I love to talk about that game with my family who are fellow Seahawks fans. I love to talk about it with football fans in general. I, I love to talk about it with uh, my friends who are Packers fans and, and rub that game in their face. I... I'm a witness to that event. And that event so excited and inspired me that I want everyone I know to hear about how awesome that game was. In the same way, you and I are called to be witnesses to to Jesus himself. 
to, to, to a, much, a much greater thing, not just an event, but a man, a, a life, a, a work, and a mission. We are witnesses to the person and the work of Christ. And now, just like I can't wait to tell you about the 2014 NFC Championship game, I cannot wait to tell you about who Jesus is and what he's done in my life what he's done throughout the history of the world, what he is doing in our world today. And I am set on fire with a passion about who he is, about what he's done, about what he's doing. And I want everyone to know who he is. I want everyone to, to come on board and, and join our fandom, so to speak. I want people to come into the family of God. I want people to, to come to faith in Christ. I'm a witness to the events of Jesus I'm a witness to the life of Jesus. I'm a witness to the power of Jesus that has changed my life, that has taken Adam Jensen from a, a sinful, broken, messed up person and, and by the grace of God has transformed me into someone pursuing righteousness and holiness, falling more and more in love with Jesus on a daily basis. And I, I've seen him do this in so many people. And now I want others to witness and to, to be a part of that event. This is the goal that Jesus has for you and I that we would be witnesses. We would be people who recognize the power of God, who recognize the work of God in our world, and then share the good news about what God has done with everyone around us, with everyone we know. We invite others to then participate in this story. Jesus says, you will receive power to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, Galilee, uh, the ends of the earth. The ends of the earth. Picture that in our world. Uh, as we right now think of something that spreads the end of the earth, the gospel is to be just like that. Just like this, as we see our, this virus spreading across the world and spreading to the ends of the earth and infecting so many. And, and this is not, not, not a great thing, but, but we want to see the gospel of God in the same way spread to the ends of the earth, infecting everyone around us. That just by being in the same room, six feet close to someone, they would be impacted by the story of Jesus in my life. That, that I would spread the news of Jesus so far and wide. And, and the good news is that this spread will not stop. There's a reason that we call this message series Unstoppable. As we look at the book of Acts, as we look at what Jesus is doing, Jesus is on a mission in his world and he will not stop until the whole earth is filled with the fullness of the glory of God until every person on this earth hears the gospel, until the gospel takes over and transforms our world. God is on a mission and he will not fail. He will not stop. The, 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 the team that you and I are on is unstoppable. Every other mission and message is one day gonna crumble. Brand endorsement and, and political advocacy and, and personal branding, this is gonna fail, but the gospel will not fail. God is empowering his people to be witnesses to the ends of the earth and, and this power is available to you and I. Jesus comes in power and, and we see a, a demonstration of this power in Acts chapter two. And I'm just going to read the first four verses of Acts 2 so, so we get an idea of what's going on. When the day of Pentecost arrived, which was a Jewish festival that happened 40 days after, I'm sorry, 50 days after Passover was this feast of Pentecost. And they, got the, the disciples of Jesus, were all gathered in one place. And suddenly... 
there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. What, what we see happen in this passage is that Jesus shows up in power. The Holy Spirit comes in power and fills God's people. God's people wait on God's Spirit and are filled with a power like no other. This is a vivid and real demonstration of the exact promise that Jesus gave. He said, wait in the city and you'll be clothed in power from on high, power to be my witnesses in the world. And so God's people wait. They gather in a room and God's Spirit shows up and pours out in such an incredible way. There's a lot happening in this passage, but, but I, I want to focus on the big picture details. This is a unique event we have never seen this happen before in Scripture. We never see it happen again in Scripture. This is a unique thing. It never happens again. What a picture of the power of God. What a picture of, of the, the awesome might of the Spirit. The, 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 the wind that just fills their ears. The fire appearing on heads. New languages. God is showing up in incredible ways and he's setting his people apart. He's saying that you, th this is a unique thing. This power that you're receiving is a unique power. It's not something that you're going to find from reading a book. It's not something you're going to get from watching a master class. It's not something that you're going to get from attending a seminar. The power of God only comes from God himself. You can read all the books in the world. You can read all the biographies of men and women of God who have done great things. But unless you tap into God, unless you come to Jesus for this power, you will not get it. The only way to the power of God is God himself. The Spirit of God shows up, fills God's people with power. And, and this happens again and again throughout the book of Acts. Over the next few weeks, we're going to see this happen in all kinds of incredible ways. When God's Spirit shows up, things change. Things shake. Things move. People get healed. People rise from the dead. People fall dead. People, de demons flee. But everywhere, the gospel advances. God shows up in power and it is always with the purpose of advancing the mission of Jesus. When the Spirit comes, he says, look at the gospel. Look at what Jesus has done. Look at who Jesus is. And every time a miracle occurs, it's always followed by baptism and belief. It's followed by someone giving their life over wholly to Jesus. See, we believe in the power of God today. We believe that the same things that happen in this story in the book of Acts, the same things that happen throughout the book of Acts can happen today. They are available to believers today. We believe in the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. We, we believe that God will fill us with power to perform miracles. We, we, we believe that God will fill us with the power to pray for the sick and that he will heal them through our prayers. We believe that, that God will give us new languages and other tongues to speak. We believe in gifts of prophecy. We believe in all these things. But we believe in them with the purpose of pointing the world to Jesus, to, to lifting Jesus on high, to making the gospel, the cross of Jesus, central to our mission, central to who we are as a people. We are people shaped and changed and transformed by the gospel of Jesus. God's spirit comes in power, but it comes with a purpose. The Holy Spirit does not just exist to make you weird. He, he doesn't exist just to make weird things happen and, and make churches strange. The Holy Spirit is here to glorify the name of Jesus, 
the Holy Spirit sets God's people apart and says, look at these people. They are different from the rest of the world. We see this happen throughout Acts again and again, that God's people are separated, that they are set apart, that they are shown to be a unique people. There is something divine in their midst. Let's read this last passage of Scripture as we end our time together. Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 46. After this incredible encounter, after this power shows up, this upper room experience, it could be easy for the disciples to then go home and say, wow, wasn't that cool? I can't wait till I go to church again and see that same thing happen. And I'm concerned that you and I have a tendency to go to church, to, be, to encounter God, to, to go to camps and, and be rocked by the power of the Spirit, to, to, to go to conferences and events, and, and we see these things, and we, and we look back and say, wow, that was so awesome. I can't wait to the next conference. I can't wait to the next camp. I can't wait to the next church service. I can't wait until trademark so that God can show up again, so that God can meet me again in my life. But instead, what the disciples do is that they go home and they begin to live in this power day to day, moment to moment, Throughout the rest of their lives, they are transformed by the power of God and they are never the same. Look at this passage, Acts 2 verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul and many signs and wonders were done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. God's people didn't just wait for the next church service so they could encounter God's spirit and have something crazy happen. They said, I'm gonna live in the power of God today, tomorrow, the next day, and every day for the rest of my life. I'm going to be a different person. They live lives totally transformed by the gospel. This is spirit-empowered living. This is what the Holy Spirit wants to enable you and I to do. This is what we're called to do in our lives. We are called to live lives radically transformed, changed forever by what Jesus has done, by who Jesus is, that that our priorities are fixated on him and him alone, That, that nothing stands between us and pursuit of Jesus. Nothing stands between us and love of our neighbors, which is second only to love of God, Jesus says. This is what it looks like when God's people give themselves freely to the work of God in their communities. This is what it looks like when God's people freely give themselves over to the mission of God, taking over their life. And trademark, I want to invite you tonight. Let the mission and the work of God take over your life. Let the power of God transform you so fully that you would never be the same. That, that you would come back whenever school starts up again and that people would say, who is this person and what have they done with so-and-so? Insert your name in that blank. That this person lives a life so transformed that they are so different. That there's something unique about them. There's something different about them. The best way to be a witness is to live a transformed life. Talk is cheap. Actions are priceless. 
Your words are nothing if your actions don't back them up. You can say all you want about the love of God and how awesome God is and how good Jesus is and how much you love going to church. But if you're a crummy neighbor, if you're a jerk, if you're, uh, if you're not loving others around you, if you're not giving yourselves fully for other people, it doesn't matter what you say because your life doesn't back it up. And your life proves that you don't really believe any of the words coming out of your mouth. Live this life. Invite the Spirit of God to, to fill you with this power, to fill you with this strength, to live a transformed life. Devote yourself to the teaching of Scripture. Tune in on Wednesdays. Tune in to Zoom on Fridays. Tune in to MC of the Church online on Sundays. Develop a habit of daily Scripture reading. Devote yourself to fellowship. You, you, you know, we're, we're in this kind of quarantine, and, and so this looks different. We're, we're not gathering in homes, sharing meals, but, but read scripture with your friends and talk about it. Start a Bible app reading plan together. Start just a group chat where you bring up different questions you have about scripture. I, I, I know one of, one of our students has, has that with me and another leader, and, and we so enjoy just our times together as we just look at different passages of scripture, and we ask questions and we, we answer questions and we get confused by things and we just enjoy reading scripture together. Do that with your friends. Start, start a FaceTime Bible study. I, you, you don't need Zoom. You don't need me. You don't need Pastor Gabe. You don't need a trademark leader. You, you can read the Bible for yourself with some friends. Invite people into community. Begin to fellowship with one another. Devote yourself to these things. Devote yourself to prayer. Pray for our community. As maybe now more than ever, we need prayer. We, we need the power of God to, to just do some things in our world. Devote yourself to this prayer. Devote yourself to prayer for your friends and your family. Devote yourself to prayer for yourself. Seeking the Lord's will for your life. Seeking on a daily basis, Lord, how can I live in this power? How can I live a life transformed by the gospel? God, give me your strength today. There's so many things that I know I need to do and I don't have the power to do them. Devote yourself to radical generosity. Devote yourself to giving up your time, your talents, your treasure, just giving yourself for the work of God, giving yourself for the sake of others. Even when it hurts, devote yourselves to these things. This is a life transformed. Not just Sunday and Wednesday, but every day throughout your whole life, you live a life changed by Jesus. I want, I want to close by, by reading a quote from a man named Aristides. This is a Greek who reported to Caesar, Caesar Hadrian in the, the early second century of the church. Caesar Hadrian had seen these Christian people. He's the emperor of Rome and, and he's kind of put off by them. And so he sends a man to spy out and, and to go as, as a false believer and just to report back to him on what he sees in the church. And this is what Aristides writes about the people of God. He says, they love one another. And he who has gives to him who has not without boasting. And when they see a stranger, they take him into their homes and rejoice over him as a very brother. And if there is among them any that is poor and needy, and if they have no spare food, they fast two or three days in order to supply to the needy their lack of food. Such, O king, is their manner of life. And verily, this is a new people, and there is something divine in the midst of them. These are words written not about the apostles and acts, 
not, not about a, a select group of super Christians. These are words written about ordinary, everyday men and women of God going about living lives transformed by the gospel. Oh, how I wish that, that this could be said about us today. That, that someone would look at us and say, this is a new people. There is something divine in the midst of them. That we would live lives so transformed, so changed, so empowered by Jesus and his spirit. That people would recognize the gospel of God. People would recognize the power of God. People would be changed. Wish that we would take our eyes off ourselves and turn them to the Lord, turn them to others around us, turn them outward. I, I would encourage you this week as, as you study these passages, as you read Acts 1 through 2, as you prepare for our Zoom Bible study on Friday, examine your life, examine your habits, and, and begin to develop new ones. Begin to, to look at how can I live this transformed life? How can I devote myself to Scripture? How can I devote myself to prayer? How can I devote myself to fellowshipping with other believers? Begin some habits in your life. Let me pray for you that, that God would just so empower you in, in this time. Lord, thank you for your people. Thank you for Trademark. Thank you for these students who have gathered together. Lord, I, I pray that we would be people truly changed and impacted and empowered by your Spirit that we would truly be changed and transformed by who you are, what you've done for us, that your spirit would fill us and that we would never be the same as a result of your power. Pray that we'd set our eyes on things above where Christ is seated and off of earthly things. Would you do all this in us for your beautiful name and your glorious fame. Amen. Hey, thanks for tuning in this week. Uh, if you want to join in on Zoom Bible study, read Acts chapter 1 and 2. That's your homework for Zoom on Friday. Come ready to dive into those passages and just dissect them more. I love you guys. I miss you guys. I can't wait to see you together again. Jesus, you are better than anything in this world. I love you, Trademark. Be blessed.